Welcome to the Making a Runner podcast. I'm your host, Nick, a running specialist, biokineticist, and coach. And I'm your co-host, Davey, aka Davey on the Run, a running enthusiast, influencer, and marathoner, and I love everything about running. As passionate runners, we look to use our knowledge and draw on past experiences to provide you with cutting-edge science and insightful information. We are going to be unpacking the fascinating topic of running with all-stars, subject matter experts, and everyday enthusiasts to not only help you improve your running, but also ensure that you experience maximum joy with every step that lies ahead in your journey, wherever that may take you. This is how runners are made. It's how runners are made, baby. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. When you went for your first run with the with the blade, um, you must have been like over the moon, like I can run kind of thing. Yeah, I actually started crying when I went for my first run. Yeah, like you say, it's just not something that happens a lot in general in sport and, yeah. and in running. Yeah. But then you put it on trail, there's such a massive element of that biofeedback yeah. from trail that you rely on and now yeah. you don't have. You know, everyone's at the same playing field at the top of the mountain there. Like, there's no egos. There's nothing. It's just people are really cool, chatting, happy, smiling. I think it is because nutters <laughs> into 100 milers. And eventually I said to her, I was like, so, so I mean, this is it. Eh? Do I just press stop on my, on my watch and that's my UTD 100 miler gone? We're quite young and young amputees and doing crazy things. <laughs> they said, yo, when they cut your, your three legs off, they obviously must have cut the, the lift going to the top floor. <laughs> Before we begin today, Making a Runner was born out of a passion for running, but we wouldn't be able to bring you these awesome conversations without the support of our sponsors. I know that the day-to-day running of my online coaching business or Davies' <laughs> social media presence would not be possible without high-quality internet. Cool Ideas is a fantastic internet service provider offering ISP solutions throughout South Africa. They have been voted number one internet service provider for the last two years running and they are ready to provide you with a high speed, unthrottled and uncapped internet connection. Just like us providing you fantastic running knowledge, Cool Ideas pride themselves on providing the best customer support and that's why they hold the My Broadband title for best customer services. I strongly recommend taking a look at their website, that's today and check coverage for your area. Davey! Nicola! How are you, bro? I'm tired. It's, uh, I'm actually relieved. You're relieved? As you know. Tell me. Our foot has been on the gas for the past 28 days, past three weeks. Yeah. I, had, I never in my entire life thought I would run... More than uh, 120 Ks. And yeah, for the past three weeks, your genius coaching mind has, <laughs> has put us on a 155 kilometer plan. Look, um, we've, been, we've been pushing the limits. We, we've said from the start of even this podcast that we are going to be trying to, to test the boundaries. I just never actually thought we would you know, get to that. I don't, I don't know what I was thinking. We tested them. We got there. The body held up. I mean, you were a bit of a wreck on Sunday, but I had like four hours of sleep. So, <laughs> but you were looking very strong. Yeah. I was, I, I was a bit intimidated, and then I saw, I saw your. I went and looked at your Strava as per usual, and took a look at your splits, and I was terrified because I saw in the like the final six or seven k's, you just like let the hammer down, and I was like, oh god. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been a good amount of training. The body's feeling good. It is feeling tired, but I mean, if you if you aren't feeling tired at certain elements of your 100%. of your training journey, then you perhaps aren't pushing hard enough but at the same time listen to the body 
like Davey was feeling a little bit tired, didn't have a good night's <laughs> sleep, uh, decided to turn back early. And I think that's... What that did you say? What were your exact words? I don't actually remember. You looked at me and you They're said... They're stuck with you. You were like, you're going to regret this. <laughs> if, you, if you don't have a niggle, you're going to regret this. No, I was like, so, why? You're so like, let me rephrase. Yes. The only reason why I thought you would regret this is because you're the type of guy that's going to go home, look at my Strava, <laughs> and then regret the fact that I ran further than you. But what I did say the moment you left to, to our other running partner is that I'm actually very proud. because Yeah, I was hoping so. That's not something that Davey would usually do. Davey oh. would never sacrifice, would always sacrifice his body, for extra distance if I 100%. was doing the extra distance. This time, he decided to listen to his body because he was feeling broken. I didn't have it in me, hey. And he went back home. I had a, I had two people drive past me and ask if I was okay. One was <laughs> one was Ant, <laughs> no name Ant. <laughs> he, and then he actually mess, messaged another person. And then I had people messaging me saying, oh, so, uh, Ant said you were looking broken on the side of the road. Jeez, it's amazing our news travels. I eh? know, so. But, you know, you, you've made it this far. We've made it this far. We've now got four weeks to go till 26 Comrades. 26 days, days to I'm Comrades. So By the time this podcast comes out, it's going to be even less. And... Um, now the the excitement really comes through, hey? Taper. Not quite. So we're gonna drop it, but you know, still a taper. It's not the. the it's hand. a taper. Okay, I won't scare you. I, I won't uh, what do you break mean? you. Tell me. No, we still got a bit of running to do. Yeah, but it's a taper. Yeah, it's a taper in your mind. So, Davey, tell us a little bit about our guest today. Our guest is somebody that I initially found out about during the race, which is known as UTD, which is one of, in my opinion, one of the most treacherous ultra marathons in South Africa. It takes place in the Drakensberg and the terrain is just incredibly difficult. The altitude is, is very challenging for anybody. And I heard about this guy that was doing it um, with one leg. He's an he's an amputee. He's running at Willowblade, and he's the first person to ever line up and start UTD hundred mile with a blade. And his name is Turbo Trav. Turbo um, Trav. Turbo Trav has a very interesting backstory, which I found out you know for the first time today. He's a <laughs> bit of a madman, but what an inspirational person! Really, I think uh, th th this story pretty much entails everything you know that um that you need as a runner it's it's just his story is is a story of you know just do not quit um and i really just enjoyed every single second of it yeah turbo trav is really someone that has always given 100 percent to everything that he does in his life uh where before was motocross riding obviously the accident that led to the eventual amputation of his leg and threw himself into trail running and has done a brilliant job i mean Six months post-amputation, he was doing his first 50-miler. A year post-amputation, he was standing at the start of his first 100-miler. It's really just a story of grit, determination. And as an individual, he's trying to really show to people out there that there are no boundaries. There are no reasons for achie not achieving your goals. If you set your mind to it, you, you, can, you can do anything. This is Turbo Trav. We finally have Turbo Trav on uh, on the mic with us today. Very excited to have you here. And we're just going to get going right off the bat. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, your your history with, with running in general, where, where, the, where the passion for running, and I know it's mo mostly trail related, where that started, even prior to your accidents and all of that. Just give us a little bit of a rundown. Yeah, so I actually only really started running 
you know, seriously about four years ago. My first KZN trail runs, um, enjoyed those and went and did a Golden Gates, you know, three, uh, three day stage race. Yeah, yeah. And that's really where my, my passion for, for trail running kicked in and, and being outdoors and pushing the limits um, on my feet. I never really enjoyed running as a youngster, actually, which is quite funny because now it's <laughs> like everything. You live it. Yeah, it's like everything to me. Yeah, and then oh, just really started enjoying the, the trails and, and seeing how far I could go, entered Lesotho Ultra. Then from there, following year, I decided, right, let's see what this road story is like and uh, entered Comrades. The my Deloitte's marathon qualifier absolutely died. Like, <laughs> I could see the finish line. Tell us about that. <laughs> Sheesh, man. Okay, so <laughs> I, I actually hadn't run properly or trained since Lesotho Ultra, which was in November. Did Deloitte's in March. I had done mid-mile, mile, eight-mile swim. So I was like, I'm sure this fitness will carry over onto, onto my running. Got to Deloitte's, ran, got to 15Ks, and I saw the winners coming back the other <laughs> way. <laughs> <laughs> That'll change you, hey? <laughs> and I was just like, what the hell? Um, yeah, and then cheapers. It was just torture from, from about 20Ks. I had to push through. I actually had a, a bunch of my clients who I trained for yeah. running. Because you, you, you're a personal trainer. Do you also do some coaching? or No, I don't coach running. Okay, yeah, okay. I'm just, you just train. Functional and movement trainer. Okay, cool, yeah. cool. Yeah, so these ladies that I've been training for a while actually had to drag me over the finish line because literally I could see the finish line I could hear the finish line and my legs just would not take me there okay. um, what year was this? this was 2020 2020 okay yeah. the, the last big Deloitte's race before COVID yeah and I qualified for for comrades, comrades and then obviously by, yeah by about two minutes and then yeah exactly a week later I had my, my accident shattered my foot yes both feet so, so let me just um, clarify when you did Deloitte you still had both your legs yes yeah. And you had run an ultra marathon previously? Yeah, and trail? Lesotho Ultra. And how far is that? 52Ks. 52Ks, okay. Yeah. So so you so you finished a 52K on trail and then struggled on a 42K road. Yeah, but I trained for the 52K. I didn't train for the, the Deloitte. Okay, okay. <laughs> See, disrespecting road runners. I'm That's what it is. Hey. Yeah, I know. I'm like, okay, bro. Come on, Davey. So... You mentioned the accident that happened, obviously, a couple of weeks after Deloitte, you say... Um, yeah, exactly, or, or a uh, week. A week after, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get onto that accident because obviously that's that was like the final accident that, from what I can see, was what sort of set you onto the road of where you're at now with yeah. with your current leg. But <coughs> prior to that, uh, obviously that wasn't your first accident. You had a pretty bad accident previously, didn't you? Yeah, and so that affected uh, your other knee. Yeah, so in 2014, uh, I was at a motocross track and I just came off the jump, landed funny landed off the bike and completely smashed my, my left leg or left knee, um, blew out ACL, PCL, oh, LCL, tore my quad off, tore my calf off. So I was lying on my stomach and <laughs> I remember turning around onto my back and looking down and my right toes were pointing up and my left mm. toes were still Oof. facing. Mm. Like yeah. I was lying <laughs> Some, something's wrong. That sounds yeah. lovely. <laughs> um, so I had full knee reconstruction, came back, tried to race motorbikes again. I was actually doing a mud man and I was, doing the run part of the mud man about nine months after the surgery and I was coming down this long hill and I just heard this massive and uh, this lady behind me was like what the heck was that <laughs> I was like I don't know and I got to the end of the race and my knee just sold up completely again and I, I'd done my ACL for the second time uh, on the same side same side yeah Sheesh. Um, so I went in for another surgery got that all sorted out and then I headed off to, to, to Ireland and gave riding up for, for quite a while 
And uh, there was there was a story that I, that I listened to. I think it was one a previous podcast where you you say that from Ireland you had a friend of yours uh, riding in Romania, and you yeah. decided to just get on a bike and ride all the way to Romania. Yeah, well, yeah. The, 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 <laughs> the decision to do that was influenced by alcohol. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> fair enough. Um, but yeah. how, how does one just go about it? First of all, getting getting a bike, then deciding that I'm going to self travel this this journey from Ireland with to Romania, which is, you know, how far is that? Yeah, so it was over 2,000 days. And took you how long? <laughs> took me about a month to get there. And you just sort of just winged it, stayed wherever yeah. you could stay along the, the way. In the forests, under a bridge, <laughs> where, wherever. So you're pretty yeah. much an all or nothing type of guy. Hey? Just yeah. commit 100%. Were, were you Turbo Trav always? Has that always been a nickname? <laughs> that stuck or is that uh, pre or post accident? Or yeah, it's, it's actually... A post accident pre getting my first running leg. Okay. Yeah. So a friend just sent me this logo of some a cartoon of someone running in the mountains and said Turbo Trav and I was like, Hell yeah, that's like it. it. Yeah, yeah. And surely you had a nickname back in your motocross days. Like a, you sound like a like a Mad Max kind of a, a furious <laughs> furious trav or did you have a, a a motocross nickname? Yeah, so my alter ego when I drink, my name was Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> so Trevor yeah. went across Romania on the on the bike. Yeah, flip man, that was actually a cool trip. I actually, I bought a bike that was older than myself. It was <laughs> it was some rally that was nineteen eighty nine model. Still had the shifters on the handlebars, you know those levers. Oh, um, borrowed panniers and that from friends. Like there was no thoughts behind yeah. this whole process. I just kind of whipped together what I could. Bought a solar panel. Jumped on the bicycle and 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 just went and had That's no. I didn't. I didn't have map. Uh, bicycle. Yeah. yeah. Not not motor powered. You yeah. cycled yeah. <laughs> with pedals. Yeah, and I was about thirteen kgs heavier than I am now because of, you know the Guinness darts and all that stuff. I thought you'd like roll on like a a scooter kind of. Yeah. You cycled. No. If so it took me a month to get there, that would be quite. There's more, eh? yeah, I, I, <laughs> I don't know what you did along the way. I was just <laughs> it was always into the ultras, just a different type of ultra. It yeah. was like an ultra draw over a month. Getting yeah, to flip, man, I saw and experienced epic things. Um, I would do it again in a in a, in a blink. <laughs> no thoughts again. <laughs> I didn't even have I didn't even have a GPS. I was using roadmaps. Maybe now you could run it. Yeah, it's actually a good idea. Oh, we should mm. we should see where that takes you. Run along the English Channel, get to wherever, jump on a boat, and go and <laughs> run through Europe. Well, why, why not? Yeah. This, the sky has the limit. <laughs> like you say, your your Irish descent just you know no filter, just go straight for it. Yeah, uh, that's definitely. Nick Nick has written in the notes: all or nothing individual. <laughs> Tenacity or sheer Irish stubbornness? Those were his own words. His own words from a blog post. So I thought I'd throw that in there. Hitting the but nail on the head. <laughs> but so we fast forward a little bit. After your, your adventurous trip to Romania, you, you came back, I'm assuming, and then that's where you then started picking up the running. Then you had this accident. Yeah. Now, that accident, can you tell us a little bit about that? So obviously after having quite a long break being in back and forth from Ireland um, for the three years and then came back and decided to start riding not so serious anymore because um, you were professional correct uh, not pro semi-professional semi yeah okay yeah on the brink of okay good semi-professional um, okay. 
came back and I was just riding for fun, working, working a lot actually. And then I was just, yeah, I just happened to be one day, got invited to a track with a bunch of friends, my boots, I'm a twin, so my twin brother was there with me. And, uh, you know, we're just at the motocross track racing it up and having a jaw. Felt amazing. Never ever thought what happened would have happened. Um, I was, it was at the end of the day, I was coming up towards the main tabletop at high stakes. It's not a really big jump. Um, you actually have to break before you hit the jump because you get so much speed. And I'm not too sure what happened. I, either my throttle jammed or I just had whiskey throttle, which <laughs> is when you can't let go of the throttle. And I hit this thing absolutely flat taps. Probably at about 100 kilometers an hour. And I over jumped it to roughly 20 meters. Um, Sheepers. And now because I hit the jump so hard, the suspension didn't handle, you know, everything. Yeah, so yeah. the bike kind of like got thrown in an awkward position and I was trying to get the, the front wheel down so I could land on, on two wheels. And in that process, my one foot came onto the other side of the motorbike. So I was holding onto the handlebars and both feet were on the right hand side of the bike. I still managed mm. to hit the back brakes, get the front wheel down, but I didn't have enough time to get my feet back on. Back on. So I threw the bike off and I just landed on both feet broke both my leg, uh, both feet, broke my back and broke two ribs. Jeez, yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> an impact of You notes. are lucky to have just yeah. gotten out of that. 120%, eh? <laughs> wow. So yeah. that <laughs> well, so that, that was just before comrades. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. So this was this this was just it was a week after Deloitte. So yes, just before comrades. So after he qualified for Deloitte. Yes. Yeah. Then that would have been towards the end of that March. Yeah, uh, and then obviously yeah. so we, we say, went into COVID lockdown shortly after that. I'm assuming, that, or, or directly, you you could have been in. COVID yeah, lockdown. so actually, <laughs> I went into hospital that Friday evening, and it was the lockdown the following Friday, <laughs> and I was still in hospital. What a time! Yeah, so I came out of hospital and it was like a zombie apocalypse. Like there was literally <laughs> in different mom, world. Yeah, my mom had to come and sneak me food into the hospital because I wasn't allowed any visitors. No. Yeah. Okay, so you broke your your spine, you said. Not yeah. seriously, though. Okay, it, it was broken, but it was nothing to be worried about. Okay, so, so the main problem was obviously that that right foot, and yeah. and then post that, the recovery from it was just not as good as you'd hoped, and you had to have many other ops, is my understanding. Yeah, so you know, I completely smashed my foot. I, yeah. I, I've literally broke everything from the metatarsals, which are like your fingers back. And, you know, the doctors weren't sure what to do. They did mention amputation, the first surgery, but they wanted to save the foot. So I had my first surgery and that guy said to me, listen, this is going to be a, a, a long process. It's not just an operation and, and you fixed. You, and you were you in pain? Yeah, it was Because I can immense. only imagine, like, you're talking about having every single bone in your foot, like, broken, yeah. like... So, I mean, what happens when you like moved your toe or... or no, I had no movement. No so movement, I, yeah. Eh? I, I woke up, you know, I woke up, so the the nights I had my surgery, they, they hit me with ketamine because nothing else was working. <laughs> went on a very amazing... <laughs> ketamine, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. I went on a really cool trip <laughs> wherever I went. Um, <laughs> I won't get into that. And then, yeah, I woke up the next morning and I was just, it was complete madness. It felt like my foot was in a fire. Oh, no. Because of the, the extreme damage and, and the surgery, my foot had swollen so much that it actually broke my skin and turned into blisters from, from all the swelling. So there was just, it was excruciating pain. You're painting a really good picture, I must say. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm enjoying it or yeah. if I'm like, let's take it back a bit. I know, <laughs> keep going. I'll, I'll show, clarity. I'll show you some photos you have, you want to see. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and then it was just crazy, hey. So, you know, we, the doctors, we all tried our best. I mean, I tried the best I could do. I went to physio, rehab, I did everything I could. Mm, Three mm. times a week, like everything the guy said, I must do it. was, again, 120% at recovering. And there were times when I thought, yes, okay, this, you know, things are going to work out for me. You know, I'm going to be able to do what I love doing again. Obviously not as great as, as I'd hope, but, you know, it's still no, and no movement is, is horrible and some movement is better than. Were you that. getting some movement? Yeah, so I mean, I even I cycled a hundred kilometer bike ride with the, my foot um, about five months after after my accident. Was that was that um, recommended by the doctors? No. Ah, yeah, yeah. I did I did push it a bit too much. Okay. I mean, they didn't. They, they said to me, you know, your life, you can't change your life. Go do what you want to do, and you know, it, it just happened that I like pushing the limits of it. Were you a bit stubborn during this whole process, like t- taking the news, obviously, because, I mean, I, I put myself in, in your shoes, sort of, I mean, you know, exercise and, and just getting out there is like also kind of what I live for. So I- even like with some people that like break an arm or, or fracture a, a foot, like you're always trying to like push yourself out of what like the recommended um, mm. allowance is. So did, did you struggle with the with the news of like, you're not allowed to exercise and stuff like that and, and that resulted to you pushing yourself? Yeah, um, Flipman, I actually went into a serious state of depression from not being able to do anything and I did try my best to be able to do stuff and you know, this, the consequences were that I wouldn't be able to walk for a week if I did the cycle. Mm. Um, but it was worth it for me. You know, it was worth going through and experiencing that that fight and and going through the pain to to be out there and then obviously not be able to do anything afterwards. Um, and I mean, you were also doing some cross training at this stage because you were you were training for Midmar as well. Yeah, um, you were wa- you were wanting to do triathlons. So were those all goals of yours that you were sort of building up to, uh, even with the foot condition not being as good as it should be, essentially? Yeah. So. Uh, like before Deloitte's, I'd entered the eight miles. So that's mid more mile eight times. So I was like, okay, well, I can't really do much else. So I'm going to focus on swimming. So I entered mid more mile 16 miler. So that's 16 times. <laughs> I got training for that and the training was going real, really good. And um, I was training with a physio of mine. Her name's Carla. Um, and she, she wasn't doing the 16 miler, but she was just helping me, you know, get through the mileage yeah. and that. And it was going super, super well. I mean, I was getting, you know, training sessions. I'd go do four miles, come back and feel chilled, go to another two. And then in late November, I was, I was training for swimming and I was in the water and I got this seriously bad, like hot flush and this weird sensation in my foot. Phoned the doctors up and I said, guys, there's something not lacquer here. Went in, had scans and uh, the doctors phoned me like three days later and said, listen, this that's not good. Like your foot is a complete wreck. Um, I had a, a condition called avicular necrosis, oh gosh. which yeah. is when you don't get sufficient blood supply to the bones and they yeah. eventually die. die. Yeah. So my foot had shrunk about three, three to four centimeters in, in length. Jeez. And my toes at this stage also were kind of like scrunched up because the yeah. ligaments had shortened. So it was, yeah, the, the foot was... So it was a bad situation. Yeah, it was, it was so, quite bad. I mean, from that point, your, your, your scenarios were literally either fused that, that whole area or, you know, the scenario that you ended up going with, the amputation. Is that yeah. correct? So, I mean, the doctors never gave me the option of amputation. Okay. Um, they wanted to do a fusion. I do a lot of research. I've got a good friend of mine, Andrew. Um, he's had a, a fused foot since grade 10. And I just saw his, you know, his li- he's got a good lifestyle. Um, but it's just not the lifestyle I want. Um, he can't run. He can cycle. Um, but I mean, you know, he walks around with a limp, and 
I didn't want to be in that position where my foot was holding me back like it had been the whole time. So I said to the doctors, uh, guys, this isn't, you know, it's not an option for me. And I went to many doctors and, you know, to try to see what I could do. And uh, eventually got to a point where I was looking at people, athletes with amputations and seeing yeah. what, what they could do with a prosthesis. Mm. Um, it was quite hard to find anyone in South Africa. Mm. It, took, it took me quite a while to actually find a support group that a support group that would suit my intentions. Um, you know, telling someone that you wanting to chop your leg off yeah. because you want to run again, like they'll be Jeez. like, "You mad?" Yeah, Which it might, it may be, it may be mad. Well, it sounds like it certainly worked out for you because I mean, yeah. based based on what you're telling us, doesn't sound like your your foot was ever going to recover to the point yeah. that you would be able to do what you've been able to do uh, up until now. Never. Did, did you ever have a chat to Mshlengi Gwala? No, so I actually spoke to, uh, uh, his name is Chris Hearn. So he's, he uses the same prosthesis that Shlengi, um, myself, and him use at Durban Prosthetics. Um, and he said, Burgess, come jump down to Durban. Come check me out there. You can meet the team and, you know, you can make a decision from there. And I remember driving down, meeting him there. I got out the car in the car park. He got out and I was hobbling down my way to the front door and he did this like a rugby sidestep. <laughs> and sure. I, it was, yeah, it was like instant, all right. I, I want what, that. I'm not, I know what I'm doing. And like literally from, so, from that point, it was yeah. my man made. Excuse me, goosebumps. Um, so t t tell me about like, the, like the, the mental aspect or the emotions that were going through your head when you, when you decided, okay, I'm getting rid of my leg. Like surely you were scared. Surely that's like, because that's, that's a, that's a life-defining moment. You know, I'm, I'm now mm. getting rid of my leg. Obviously, you knew that it was the decision you were making, right? It was for the best. But, I mean, were you you're obviously nervous? Were you making the right decision? I'm sure that's what you were kind of yeah. thinking because uh, can't go back. Yeah. Listen, I was on quite serious antidepressant drugs at that time. So, you know, like they kind of blank out all emotions. Mm. But I was, I was. I was very nervous, but I didn't show that I was nervous. I was more excited and trying to focus a lot more on the positive than the negative. You know, there's also major complications with phantom pain, that everyone was telling me about and warning me about. Um, and tell us a bit about that. So phantom pain or phantom sensation is when they obviously amputate your leg and then you still have the feeling of your foot, except it feels like someone's pulling your nails out with pliers or stabbing your foot or your foot's in fire. And these happen at random times. It's just the nerve feedback that your brain's saying there's pain there, but obviously there's nothing there. And have you had that? Uh, I had it for the first two weeks. It was quite bad. You, you um, must have been... Yeah, I was shitting I was, yourself. I, was, I did shit myself. Um, I was like, flip everything, everyone <laughs> ever warned me about. I was like, it's true. Like, God damn, you should have listened. <laughs> no, but it subsided quite fast. Um, I, I, I've got sensation now. So as we speak, I can move my toes, really? I can move my foot up and down. And it actually helps a hell of a lot with the activities I do because I, when I'm walking, I actually, I'm walking with. You're thinking about walking yeah. with both feet. Yeah, yeah. So the balance in that's all 100% and great. Yeah, because that's what I want to get talking about now just i mean like you said it's it's a difficult topic because there isn't that many people that are active no. with a prosthesis leg you know yeah. and i think there's obviously a lot of unknowns about that because of the lack of people so it's difficult yeah. for someone to make that decision the knowledge base isn't there and you sort of are the person that's trying it out and you you're mm -hmm. the test dummy yeah so you try something that doesn't work you try this new thing okay let me try this way and that's sort of how you make your own way through the yeah. journey but for those that obviously don't know and can't relate what the, what are the basics of having a prosthetic leg like 
what is that prosthetic made out of? Uh, how does it attach to the stamp? Can you just enlighten us a bit with that? Yeah, so let me, I'll walk you through the process of me getting my first leg. So um, you start off by, you know, just having wound care. Just had to keep that, that wound as fresh and as, as clean as possible. Um, and then you start a process called coning. So this is where you start shaping the, the, the stump to fit in a prosthetic leg. So you just uh, wrap it up in a specific way to get it to, to go from thinner to thicker at the top. And once that's done, you head to, to the guys and they get a, a casting of your leg. So they wrap, they put your liner on. So that's what I'm wearing mm-hmm. right now. Um, and then they uh, wrap Placer Paris around your leg to get a, the exact copy of your leg. Then they pull that off and from there, they pour Placer Paris into that to get a positive. Yeah. From there, they get Perspex melted over. So it's the exact, exact shape that will fit over your leg. And then they just add components onto the bottom of that. This is called your test socket. So what this allows you to do is you can put the leg on and if you've got any niggles, any bumps, somewhere you need to push it out, somewhere you need to push it in, you heat it up and you can change the shape. Once you're happy with that, you get your final socket, which was made from carbon fiber. It's quite cool nowadays. You can choose what color, you can choose what mm-hmm. design you want. But yeah, so they pretty much just wrap up, you know, that's a plaster Paris that they, they've made up and get a final, you know, carbon socket from there. We That's unbelievable, hey? Eh? Yeah, the technology is crazy nowadays. I mean, flip, if you had to, uh, you guys should actually, uh, uh, on my um, Rejuvenate's um, Instagram page, we're actually going to be covering a prosthesis guys over this next week. So you can go check how, how they make everything there. It's quite interesting. You can give yeah. them a, a shout out. On yeah, yeah, Durban Prosthetics, Leuven and uh, Daryl, my man. <laughs> <laughs> cool. That, and I mean, then obviously you have the, the actual blade part. That's the part that comes down and, atta- and makes contact with the ground. Yeah. Obviously, I, uh, this is the first time that I actually held a, a prosthetic leg in my hands. And I, obviously you also have the, the shoe part essentially, which is this grippy, uh, grippy uh, material that sits over the bottom of the blade, yep. which you've recently been having some trouble with as well. How did you find out about all of this? Are these guys walking you through it or is it something that you're just like picking and saying, oh, I think I, this is what I need. Like you said, you had to cut the one piece up the one time just to yeah. to try it out. Is it just a learning experience? Yeah, it's all this trial and error. <laughs> the prosthesis, I'm working closely with Luvan. He's a he's a young prosthesis. Um, he's a super chuffed, you know, it's a bit of a challenge for him. Yeah. There are not many trial runners in the world that run on, on these blades. Um, so, you know, we're just playing around and seeing what we can make work. And what are you guys looking for? What, like the most comfortable ride? Yeah, so it's all around. Eh? You need to get comfort, but you still need feedback. So, I mean, feedback means having a hard blade. Comfort means having a soft blade. So, we're just trying to figure out where the, you know, where the middle is. And then also, you know, when, when you run, you're putting a lot more pressure through one leg at a time. Mm. When you walk, you know, both feet are on at the same time. Yeah. So, if you can think of it like being a spring. If you compress the spring a lot, that's when I'm running. If you compress the spring a little bit, that's when I'm walking. So now that spring is still the same length when it's not compressed. So when I walk, my hips are kind of out of line. And when I run, my hips are out of line. So I've also had to kind of find the happy medium between the length of my blades to get it so I can walk and run it. Jeez. Yeah. I guess the the positive of that is that you're you're not getting wet feet when you you going through a stream it's actually so <laughs> flipping funny every time there is like a river or something and like i check everyone like being more cautious i just put my blade and i make a big splash and i'm ha ha hey you, you gotta play to your positives man and then and then tell us so you obviously you got into your running with your um, full prosthetic leg and you recently done the utd yeah so 
be- before yeah. UTD, I just want to ask about uh, Karklu 50 miler because yeah. you, you went to Karklu okay, 50 yeah. miler. What's that? Six it, months post. 50 seven, miles is. Seven, seven months yeah. post amputation. Yeah. Seven months. <laughs> which yeah. is like incredible. I mean, 50 miler is already like a hell of a difficult. Or yeah. So tell us a little bit about that experience. So the recovery post op. And then obviously you deciding, okay, I'm going to do this 50 miler and how that 50 miler went. Yeah, so recovery was, as you can tell, a 120% kind of guy. So I put all, all the effort into recovering. I mean, I spent about 40 hours in a hyperbaric chamber, 20 before, 20 after amputation, you know, clean diets, no alcohol. You know, I just I just did everything I could and the best that I could to make the situation be the best. And then I got running, sheesh, I must actually, I can't, I can't remember exactly how long after my amputation, but I, ran, I got my running blade quite soon after, after amputation and I put the thing on and it just felt so flipping good. Like, <laughs> like I can't, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bullshit anyone yeah. and say that, you know, there's all this technical stuff. It just, I put it on and it just works. And I got running and I was, you know, it just it was, felt so comfortable. So I got um, hold of some friends of mine, Matt Dove and, and Rob, mm-hmm. and I just mm-hmm. chatted to him. I said, guys, I actually want to start running properly. Like I'm feeling cool and, you know, it's so nice to be to be active. And I just appreciated being outside and not being in pain again. And then we got running and I did the Mgeni River Run, 50 kilometer, okay. yep. finished that. And, it, you know, it, it, I mean, but, it was it was hard. But obviously you started with like a five kilometer and a yes. 10 kilometer and like, so you must have been super stoked when you went for your first run with the with the blade. Um, you must have been like over the moon, like I can run kind of thing. Yeah, I actually started crying when I went for my first run. It just I yeah, I would have also started yeah. crying because because I mean that was like the end goal for you. Yeah, you know, was to be able to live the lifestyle that you wanted to. So yeah. during that first run, and you realized, okay, this is actually attainable. That must have just taken all that doubt out your mind about the decision, and you just must have been, you know going for gold now kind of yeah i mean when off that first run i was like flip this is this is actually working i actually didn't even know what to think <laughs> after that first run i was just so surprised and so shocked that i was running so soon so yeah just you know I, I like to think that all the hard work i put in you know made this all possible um it definitely did it had to off. had to yeah, yeah. had to off Sometimes I like to take a little walk break up a steep hill just to make sure I keep my heart rate down, you know. Another thing that makes my heart rate race though is when I get really poor customer service. Cool Ideas pride themselves on their customer service and they've been voted number one ISP in South Africa for the last two years running. So you did a few fives, a 10, a 20, yeah. and, then a, and then a 30, and then you're like, cool, now a 50, yeah. and then a 50 miler. Yeah, so listen, I mean, there was a lot of those runs where it was terrible, eh? I mean, Okay, so it wasn't all just like smooth sailing. No, it wasn't. It felt amazing to be out there, but there was a lot of technical issues that I was having in between these runs. You know, I remember doing a 32K run with my girlfriend, and I was like, what the flip am I doing? I hate this. Pain just, so is it pain on the leg? Yeah, it was pain and discomfort, and my back got sore because of the, you know, the unbalanced, um, I was battling with the blade at the time because it, it was made for road running. So it's made for flat services. And I was trying to do, you know, run down stupid holes. And not to um, mention that your good knee is basically, uh, it's been blown out before and had yeah. to be completely reconstructed and yeah. ACL reconstruction twice. So yeah. it's, it's not a good base to start <laughs> off with, really. This is, this is the, the, the bio from Nick coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to think about it. It's, it's actually yeah. quite incredible that 
you you've managed to do the things that you've been doing and i, and I know we're going to get on to talking about the the great achievement well yeah. almost great achievement i think you, there yeah. was obviously some achievements that came out of that and yeah. the, uh, the 100 mile at utd but it's, it's incredible how the body just adapts and overcomes and just keeps going I mean, my uh, poor body <laughs> <laughs> I agree. What's yeah. wrong with your finger, man? Your finger's also looking quite. <laughs> yeah. I tried to open up a, a piece of a packet of meat the other day, and the knife slipped and I chopped off my finger. That's all. Don't, don't. Uh, just give it a chance. Don't cut it off. Eh? No, no, no. I'm giving this one. I'll keep this one. <laughs> if we can get that to work again. <laughs> Um, so this this the Kaku fifty miler. Um, how how was that experience for you? Yeah, that was tough. So I was actually running with a good friend of mine, Jono. Um, John O'Leary and we mm-hmm. started off the race together and it got to about 30Ks and I just said to him, Bruce, listen, you go, can't keep up with you, it's time for me to start walking. I've been battling quite a lot with, with the stability of, the, of my blade, so for, for Cockloof I actually cut my, my 50,000 Rand blade in half um, to try and <laughs> give it a toe so it would flex more on uneven surfaces and it worked really well, I even put a shoe onto my blade with a tennis ball in the back so it was a heel, so when I was walking I could heel strike. Clever. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did a whole bunch of different <laughs> weird ne- things. Nick's like, how does that work? <laughs> okay, okay, I'm, I'm with it. But then obviously- yeah, We'll get c- Nelfi in here and she can <laughs> give us the- Yeah, Nelfi will give us the thumb up. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. So cutting the blade up, is yeah. that advised? No, I lost my warranty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and how long did it last for? Did but, it? but I didn't cut my blade, my prosthesis cut my okay, blade. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. So yeah. it was kind of all right. Yeah, no, you you tr- you trust the guy. Yeah, yeah, no, Flip, I'm stoked I'm working with the guys that are quite experimental. <laughs> they they have to be. It looks like you're pushing them out of out yeah. of their own comfort zone, which yeah. is great. So obviously you cut this blade up, you, you ran the you completed the fifty miler in what, sixteen yeah. hours or fifteen hours and fifty something minutes. Cool. So yeah. I mean that must have given you the the hope and and the know how that you needed for going towards your hundred miler at sixteen mm. hours eh? at Ultra Trail Drakensberg. Yeah, that's, that's two full working days. Yeah, listen, it wasn't a fast fifty miler. It doesn't uh, have to be. I got I got to the end, walked a lot, most of it. Um, but the craziest thing is, I woke up the next day and I wasn't even stiff. Hmm. So I was like, "Ooh, what's next?" Straight away, <laughs> yeah, oh, always just, reaching that for is, more. That's just disgusting. <laughs> Sixteen <laughs> hours on your feet, yeah. I can't. So, so that fifty miler was at the end of twenty twenty one. Yeah, and or September twenty twenty one. Okay, September twenty twenty one, and then obviously thereafter you decided UTD hundred miler in April twenty. This year, um, yeah, so, so actually it wasn't, so the plan for 2022 was uh, uh, my whole life I've really wanted to do a big swim, a big run, a big cycle and then an Ironman to, to make all three. So Is that I, in the I, same year? All in the same year, yeah. So this year I entered 16 mile and I, I swam 16 miles. That was in February. Is that in mid-mile? Mid-mile, yeah. Mid-mile mile, 16 mile. This year? Yeah. Uh, so how do, you, how do you swim with the... I just take my leg off. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I pull. I don't kick. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so the swimming is actually really easy and it's, it's one of the, you know, the, the nicest thing for an, uh, an amputee to do because there's obviously nothing on your leg. So no pressure. Yeah. Yeah. And then got the 16 mile out the way. I found that really fun and was, you know, it, it was a challenge, but, you know, we didn't have time lim- limits for this year. So we didn't really have to push it. Um, you usually have about 45 minutes to do a turnaround. This year we could do it in an hour if we wanted to. And then, yeah, it was time for, for UTD 100 miler. So crazy story is 2020, 
2021, sorry, I went and I seconded Joe mm-hmm. um, Kepler at UTD 100 Mile. I went up with um, Dave. Yes, man, and it just absolutely scared the shit out of me. <laughs> dude. Yeah. Dude, UTD <laughs> is arguably, probably, I reckon, the toughest 100 miler in South Africa. I yeah. mean, oh, okay, I guess it, it depends. There's yeah. a few, there's, but UTD okay, is well, I mean, one, one of that, it's yeah, treacherous. Hundred yeah. percent. It is super treacherous. I mean, Trav's gonna tell us all about his yeah. experience just now. But I yeah. mean, as far as as far as it goes, is those mountains are hell of a scary on a good day. Imagine yeah. through the night time, uh, in the yeah. cold, in the miserable weather, and then you do with one leg, with one leg. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> but th- this was essentially one year after your amputation. You you were staying staying at this. At the start of your hundred miler, yeah, it was one, one year and two months. Have you contacted um, the Guinness World Book of Records to see if you're like breaking any records out there? Because, because I'm sure like quickest recovery to run a hundred miler is not yeah. in there, and we should like see if that one's available. Well, maybe I should give that a bash. Here you go. <laughs> so, what what was your why behind that that hundred miler? Um. Flip man, I, I I actually can't answer that question. Because you wanted to. Yeah, because I wanted to. I wanted to prove that I could do it. Um, it scared me, seconding Joe. You know, it, it, it terrified me being there watching these people, you know, run and the conditions and just the time and terrain. And then after 50 mile, I felt good. And, I, you know, it, I just felt like I wanted to challenge myself properly next. Um and, and you doubled it, so you did challenge yourself. Yeah, and I chose. I mean, I could have done Cockluff hundred miler, yeah. but I decided no. Let's let's yeah, go a little get bit it. of a meaner one. Yeah, let's get it done in the mountains. I do really enjoy the mountains. I do enjoy altitude. I don't battle at all with with either. You know, with the prosthetic leg, the uphills are, are, are the best for me. Downhills being the worst. Um, so yeah, I mean, year and a bit, I found myself standing on the start line of of Ultra Trail Drakensberg. But also, uh, as part of your nonprofit organization, from what I from what I read, um, you were also doing it for a, a, a girl by the name of Joy. Yes. Yeah, so we started my, our nonprofit called Rejuvenate South Africa. Um, launched that literally a couple of weeks before Ultra Trail Drakensberg. And my grand has got an orphanage, so I've grown up with you know all these kids that have grown up with me at my grand's house. And this one girl's name is Joy. She's 24 years old. I have to apologize. I kept calling her a little girl. She's not a, she is a, she is a physically a little girl, but she's a, she's a grown woman. She's a grown Yeah. And I've known Joy my whole life. And, and, you know, like her name, she's just a, she is a ball of joy. The happiest person, you know, the best laugh you'll ever hear in your life. And with our non-prof being, you know, supporting people with mobility aids, I decided, you know, it's time, time to, to help Joy and get her, you know, a wheelchair that will help her and make things more easier and comfortable for her. So I decided to do our first campaign and run and run for Joy. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's brilliant. And I'd love to get onto the topic of uh, Rejuvenate SA a little bit more towards the end of the podcast. But Perfect. Where, where we are right now in terms of the story with, with UTD 100 Miler, it wasn't all smooth sailing leading up to the 100 Miler no. as well. No. Um, no, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that. So, sheesh, I think it was three weeks before the 100 Miler. So I, I, I did um, three cranes. As a training run. Yeah. It was actually, it was, it was a flipping amazing training run. Yeah. Did it with Joe and my socket. So with being so active and sweating so much, my, my stump changes volume quite often. So, you know, because I'm, I'm active, I've lost a hell of a lot of volume quite quickly. 
So my socket was too big. So pretty much like, I don't know how to explain it, but my stump was moving and banging around in my, in my socket. Um, so you build it up with socks. But you, 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 you lost weight in your stump. Yeah. And your jeans didn't fit anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Too much running, a pent and fit no more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, the I had to go get a new a new socket for, for my running blade and it just by chance happened to be a couple of weeks before Charles Jockensburg because I knew after going up and doing a thirty two K test run with our team, I could hardly do fifteen Ks and it was just the rest was just excruciating pain. The socket was digging into the front of my knee and um, the patella was getting really sore and agitated. So that's when you were trying to do like a long distance training yeah. camp in Lesotho. Yeah, so we're just, you know, just trying to get used to the first yeah, bit of yeah. the track and, yeah. you know, get a bit of um, altitude so training. So is that why you're telling us to go and do some, some long distance training in Lesotho as yeah, well? Oh man, that road is so nice. <laughs> <laughs> so nice. Davey's got a nervous laugh because he doesn't know what's yeah. coming his way. <laughs> so <only laughs> you love altitude. I don't love altitude. It's only like 2,800 meters. Only? Yeah, it's fine, man. That's perfect. Perfect altitude. <laughs> training yeah, so you come back and run comrades you can breathe through your nose a hole. <laughs> i like that <laughs> sign me up so obviously you had these problems with your prosthesis so close to the race you must have thought hell how am i gonna how am i gonna navigate 160 k's in this yeah especially when the floods hit and the whole Durban was taken out so my my leg was sitting the floods yeah yeah the floods even knows the floods eh? <laughs> it was sitting i was sitting waiting for my my leg to arrive and there was no electricity so you know the machines couldn't work they couldn't pull a vacuum on the carbon fiber um so I, I was literally sitting praying that by some miracle i'd get my leg and i did got it two days before the run um, so I actually that's, had that's not a problem many people can say I was, mm. I was just praying I would get my leg in I hope I get my leg in time <laughs> I've never misplaced my leg yeah. Davey's hoping his legs come back to him <laughs> but, uh, but not, not quite the one yeah. leg eh? so you got your leg yeah I got my leg when, when you got that call you must have been so pumped yeah I was stoked eh? but also I was like shit after you run now yeah <laughs> 160k yeah, so. yeah so then I mean obviously that 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 last minute build up and not being 100% sure whether you're going to be able to to even take part in this event must have put a lot of stress on you and I, I can feel it must actually get quite demotivating at a stage to feel like oh, am I even going to be doing this thing uh, is it mm. going to be something that just gets pushed out again when you actually got there and and you got to is it Sunny Pass Hotel where you yeah. sort of it's like the race camp I mean I, I went there the same time that you were there this year and it's such a cool vibe yeah like, listen i mean i tried to not think about it and in all honesty i actually i accepted what had happened and you know any outcome that was going to happen you know it was all out of my control so i got to the race actually quite pumped you know i was like shit i'm here you know we, we made it like the, this was actually the goal the goal wasn't really anything after just arriving um yeah. And yeah, you get to the camp there and flip, man. It's just, you know, it's so cool. Um, the hotel there with everyone, all the yeah. runners sitting, you know, a lot of guys having a beer or two before the race, telling some wicked stories <laughs> about the altitude. <laughs> and I'm just like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling like you got it, you, you got yeah. it at the back of your head. Yeah, and I mean, in the background, you're looking up at, at the mountains and you think, sure, that's a monster. Um, mm. We're going to be climbing up and down these things in the next couple of hours. Uh, I have to give that race a shout out because I mean I think it's <laughs> do honesty. it yeah yeah I mean I 
I don't know where I sit on the fence with doing it or not at this stage. I, I Come on. It's definitely, I don't know about the 100 mile. I don't know if I'm just crazy enough yet to do that, but because, man, that mountain scares me and I love yeah. the mountains. Yeah. But uh, The 100K the, maybe, Nick. The, maybe, Debbie, maybe, maybe. Maybe next year. But honestly, the, the vibe that I got at that race, like just being at that hotel, honestly, didn't feel like I was even in this country. I felt like yeah. I was somewhere overseas. Everyone was there for that event. It was yeah. just... It was such a good amount of energy there that just yeah. makes you so pumped for the day. I can only imagine if you were then there knowing that you're tackling the race with all of these people the next day. It just must feel like such a good camaraderie. And, that, yeah. you know, that trail community is so tight in, in, in that, you know, they, they really do support each other. And I'm sure that there would have been a lot of motivational stuff going around that night before the race. And, I mean, the morning before, obviously, going up to Sarni Stone Lodge. Were you the first uh, person with a prosthetic to try and run that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I'm the first person with a prosthetic to run any 100 mile in South Africa or any trail run, actually, I think. Trail running. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Like, I, yeah. I would actually love someone to correct me and be like, yeah. no, here's There's someone. Yeah, person. yeah, so I can go <laughs> so reach as, out as, to them. As, as far as you know, you are the only person. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's, yeah, like you say, it's just not something that happens a lot in general in sport and, yeah. and in running yeah. but then you put it on trail there's such a massive element of that biofeedback yeah. from yeah. trail that you rely on and now yeah. you don't have so it's it's incredible that you were able to even train up for that and get to that start line yeah i would also just like to say i i think i only you know found out that you were that you were running during you know the, the the run itself because obviously now they start giving like updates and all of that and then when i heard that there was this person yeah to called trav <laughs> turbo trav i heard turbo trav yeah. turbo trav that was doing the 100 miler with with a prosthetic leg i thought this oak is nuts <laughs> like i didn't know if i was impressed or just like disgusted because i was like even for me the thought of running 100 miles and i'm like i won't put myself through that so yeah I mean, it's just, it was actually quite hard to, to conceptualize. Just, to conceptualize. just the, the amount of pain that you were putting your body through and all that. But yeah, tell us about it. Yeah, so being on that start line, again, it was amazing. Got to the top and it was just surreal. Um, it only, you know, it felt, it was a bit weird. Like I felt like I was in a bit of this bubble at the top there. Um, you know, everyone's quite focused, but but very friendly. And, you know, everyone's at the same playing field at the top of the mountain there. Like, there's no egos. There's nothing. It's just people are really cool, chatting, happy, smiling. I think it is because nutters <laughs> into 100 milers. Yeah, and we got um, Lee Fuller, the, the commentator, came through and he's like, right, guys, 10 minutes to the start. And then, yeah, that's <laughs> and when... And then you need the toilet. <laughs> I was going a few times. Um <laughs> And also, you know, I was, uh, yeah, yes, it, it was a, it was an insane feeling being up there. Um, it was flipping cold, mm. not the coldest it's been. We were very lucky this year. And then, you know, we got on, got into the start line, and just before I went on to the start line, I met um, Alexis Berg. Um, oh, he's he's the, f the photographer. Yeah, he's from France, and he said to me, Trav. Well, he didn't know my name, but he's eventually knew, uh, introduced myself, and he's yeah, like, yeah. oh, my friend's got a, a he runs and he's a trail runner and he's got a prosthetic limb. He said to me before the race, do you not battle with blisters? So I was like, no, bro, I don't. Like, I haven't had a blister yet. <laughs> <laughs> and, and is that true? You hadn't had blisters leading up to that? Even no. In car kloof, you had no problems with No, blistering. no blisters before that. Okay. And yeah, so got to the start of the start line. We've had about a minute to go and 
flip man. I've, I've forgotten the name of the song again, but they played this really cool <laughs> song. Try sing it for us. Come gets on. You, gets Bro, you really I can't pumped. even. I can't, it was more like Thunder. musical instruments. No. 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 Gijima, Gijima. Wrong one, I'd say. Yeah, and then, you know, it was literally like one, two, three, bang, and, and we were off. The and pace was hot in the beginning. Those oaks just hit it from the start. <laughs> I have the Shit. video of the start. It's like those oaks go out guns blazing. Very, even like me. they're racing. Is it? Yeah. Even I, you. Yeah. Even me. <laughs> <laughs> I went out way too hot. <laughs> and then like literally got to the first hole. And yes, there were these two Afrikaans girls behind me. And they just would not stop talking. Like <laughs> I've never heard people talk so much in my life. And I was like, girls. Like the air's thin here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you just gotta come on, use the oxygen wisely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like we on the flat still, and we still need some climbing. Like just you watch out, eh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> bless their souls. <laughs> did, did they did they finish the yeah, race? Yeah, did they finish? I don't actually know. I didn't find out what their names were. Uh, um, <laughs> but yeah, flip man. It was it was for me the first couple of kilometers was. Yeah, it was a bit frustrating. I was just, for some reason, I'd sweated profusely. I had to stop every bloody 5Ks and take my leg off, drain the sweat. And by this time, everyone would pass me. I was feeling good. Put my leg on, get everything, feeling comfortable. And I'd run past everyone, 5Ks again, mm. take my leg off, drain the sweat. Everyone would pass me. <laughs> so like, flip. I, I, you I were playing mind games on the field. <laughs> yeah, it was just cat and mouse. Can you like, not put like a drainage system in there? You'll lose your suction and then uh, your leg will fall off. Maybe well, I thought that, I just yeah. revolutionized. I was oh, like, mate, let me speak to these prosthetic boys. If only. If only. I just have to ask because yeah. this is how Davey runs as well. He yeah. tends to just run all the way ahead of the field and then all of a sudden he's stopped on the side of the road. He's either lying down on the side of the road. What? <laughs> I'm waiting for you because otherwise I get in trouble. And then he runs ahead of the field again. So maybe you're also sweating a lot. Yeah. I wonder no. what's going on. I don't sweat. Maybe Sparky. you need to change your socks. Sparking the heart race. <laughs> so you, you you were struggling with the sweating. Now, how yeah. does that affect the, the, the prosthetic limb? Um, so you lose a lot of sensation. So you lose a feel of the leg now because you've got a, a liquid which can, you know, you can compress it a bit. And it also just, you know, your sweat is quite acidic. So your skin actually burns a bit having that sweat there for so long um, and you never had issues with with sweat before i've always had issues with sweat i just that day yeah. i was sweating a lot e e even I'm, more than usual uh, yeah i'm not sure what the what the problem was but it does eventually get to a point where you know you can't sweat anymore so at about 32 k's that happened to me at the first aid station <laughs> yeah okay can't sweat so no I, more <laughs> I, i'd warmed up at 32 <laughs> oh that's okay that's like the that really is just the start of utd yeah, yeah. so yeah. After that first aid station, obviously, you, you were you already a little bit worried about the way that your your leg was acting up in terms of the sweat? Because obviously, that's not something that you've done that had happened before in previous races where you had to stop every five k's. Yeah, so I got to the first aid station and I was like, "Flip, I'm actually over this." <laughs> like in my head, I just had so many excuses as to why I'm giving up and I'm stopping. And I'd get to the, you know, I got to the first aid station and I had such a sick team behind me. I mean, I got there and they just bumped my morale up so much. I was just like, okay, I'll see you at the next one. Let me give this next section a yeah. bang. Um, but yeah, I was quite worried. I didn't, I was, you know, 32Ks, I knew the course because we had previously done it. But from then on, I was going completely blind and it was time for the, the monster Black Mountain, <laughs> which, you know, a lot of people had spoken about and kind of put this bad Fear omen. Fear of God. Yeah, for flip's sakes. But yeah, I went out and I hooked up with... Um, there's one chick and, you know, we're just running together. 
and uh, eventually we got to the top of this mountain and I was like, was that Black Mountain? And and she was like, yeah. Is it advisable to, to try and stay with someone? Uh, it, it depends. Uh, you know, myself, I actually quite enjoyed the alone times in UTD. Um, I just felt like I didn't have the pressure to try to keep up with someone and if I ever wanted to stop and adjust, I could. When I was, um, you know, walking, running with, with someone else, I always had that little bit of pressure to try to keep up yeah. or... Or try to push the pace a bit faster. So yeah, I I, I did walk with um oh my god, I can't remember his name now. <laughs> um, was, it, was it the photographer maybe? No, uh, no, no, no. But yeah, you know, yeah. we we hooked up and and we went throughout out the night. We got to the top of Black Mountain. Black Mountain it wasn't too bad. You know, it's a flipping steep climb, but it's short and sweet. You know, you get to the top and 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 that's done. It's not. It takes you about an hour to get up at my pace. And I mean, going into the night, how was that experience? Is, is, had you done a lot of nighttime running in the past? I ran a lot of the um, 50 mile at night. Okay. So, oh, well, not a lot, but about six hours there. And for my training for UTD, I would get up at three and go run in the morning. So, yeah, I was... <laughs> Sounds I did, exhausting. I did enjoy, I did enjoy the, the night. And also, you know, the night kind of distracts you from mm. everything around you. Yeah. You're literally you're just focusing, so focused you're focusing you. on that white light in front of you. Jeez, talking man, about man. lights, I had so much shit with my lights as well. Oh, really? Yeah. So it sounds like a lot of things that you, you sort of hadn't planned would go wrong. Yeah. Did, did go wrong in the day. Yeah. How did it go from there? I mean, after getting to the top of Taba, coming back down Sani Pass, uh, 12 Apostles, all of that. How, how did that go? Is that that would have been through the middle of the night. Yeah, so I got to the top of Tabana, I think at about 12 at night. Freezing cold up there. <laughs> Met some really cool people just cheering everyone on. You know, again, just a morale boost, so it keeps you going. Then got back to Sani Pass Hotel. Um, the backpackers there, and that's kind of where, you know, my race changed for me. I felt flipping amazing. Like I was on top of the world. I got into the backpackers, I ate, sorry, not uh, Sony Pass. I ate, you know, a hell of a lot of food. I was very stoked at how my body was feeling. But so now you got to go down, hey? Yeah, so this is the top of Sony Pass, and now you go f- 6Ks or 5Ks down Sony Pass. And we're in a, you know, we're in a predicament where sh- do I wear my running leg or do I wear my walking leg? So I'd put my walking leg on at Black Mountain, and I did. So this is this normal everyday mm-hmm. leg. Um, mm-hmm. Took a running blade off because it was giving me problems. Put the walking leg on, did the whole of Tabana with my walking leg all the way back to Sani Pass. And then we were sitting there and I said to, to Matt Dove, I asked him if, what 12 Apostles was going to be like. And he said it is technical, which it is really technical. So I decided, you know, I'm going to walk until down at the hotel at the bottom. And then put your racing leg which back is, on. Yeah, which is a 100k mark. And, and then from there, put my running leg on. And uh, I was coming down Sani Pass and I was, you know, I was feeling good. So I was trying to hook it and... I don't know what happened, but my stump just all of a sudden just started giving me problems. So I'd, I stopped about five or six times going down Sony Pass just to take my leg off, readjust, put Vaseline on, check what was wrong. And uh, it eventually was because I was pushing so hard down Sony Pass that my bottom of my stump was actually hitting the bottom of my socket. And uh, so I thought, okay, I've lost a lot of volume. I've been on my legs now for a good couple of hours um so i need to pack it up and and create more, more layers so i put socks on and, and by putting the socks on i created too much volume so it pulled the skin quite tight and Ugh. pulled the skin up and then with going down it was kind of like 
you know, like there comes you, your blisters. Yeah, if you grab your arm and you just pull it up and down, that's what my the bottom of my stump was doing. So by the time I got to the bottom of of Sani Pass, I I developed like probably about ten little microbus blisters, and mm. it was sore, but it was manageable. Mm. Then started going, you know, traversing the tall apostles. This is where I met um, Alexis Berg again. Okay. And uh, I remember saying to him, I'm like, bro, I'm done, hey? Like, fuck, I'm so sore. Excuse my language. Um, <laughs> cool. But that, that, that's just, you know, at that time, yeah. that's how I felt. I was so over it. I was so sore. Every time I would stop to, you know, put more Vaseline on, check the state of my stump, um, you know, the blister was just growing and growing and growing. Got to a point where I thought I'm going to pull out. And I actually messaged my, my girlfriend who was waiting at the bottom um, at the river crossing. And I said to her, babe, I'm done. And, and what yeah. kilometer mark was this? Um, so this was, it was before 100, so about 85, 80, 80, okay. 80 yeah. to 100 was, was quite bad for me. And that's also where Alexis Berg was with me. You got some really cool photos. And he was, you know, such a lacquer guy as well. Like mm. he said to me, he's like, Trav, I know you're in pain and I can see you need your space. You know, just if I'm bothering you, just tell me to bugger off and I will. Um, but it was, you know, it was so nice having him there supporting me actually. Was he running or just taking photos? He was running and taking photos. Okay. Yeah, you know, they had like five cameras on him. No. <laughs> and you said that he actually, he, he's mates with another guy that runs trail with a prosthetic leg. Yeah, and it was quite cool because, well, it, <laughs> I laughed because I told him previously yeah, at the start, now. I don't get blisters. <laughs> and then there, there I am with a, yeah. a flipping golf ball of a blister on the bottom of my stump. But, you know, we chatted quite a lot about his friend and, and you know, like a possible future of collaboration. Mm. Um, they're doing quite a lot of testing with this airplane company and Salomon creating their own affordable blades. So we all, you know, we're just chatting about that and how the process works and... Also um, just helping you take the mind off of it. Yeah, like just making me talk technical so I can yeah. think about the pain. And then also like chatted to, to us about um, Mont Blanc and, you know, a few European races and how I could kind of get there and qualify for them. And yeah, just, you know, keeping my mind occupied and keeping it off the pain. Keeping you positive and motivated. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the most important thing when yeah. <laughs> at that time of the, the race. But then yeah. you made it through the night. Yeah, so then, I mean, I got through. The, so, I mean, I did 12 apostles during the day. I okay. got to the bottom at about six o'clock of Sony Pass and then 12 apostles did throughout the day. I got to the, the hotel, which was 100 kilometers at about 12 o'clock. This is where I, I told my girlfriend I'm pulling out. Um, three, my, my two seconders and a good friend of mine that was going to pace me from 100 to 120. They actually ran backwards up the track about 10 Ks to come meet me. I ran out of Vaseline, which, which was a lubrication. Mm-hmm. So they brought me some Vaseline and... Yeah, it was just really cool to have the guys there and, you know, chatting and keeping me motivated. Got to 100Ks and like, I don't know, this race is so weird. I got to 100Ks again and after feeling like absolute death, I felt perfect. Uh, my energy levels just went and straight it's mental, up again. Eh? It's just all mental. And also, ugh, I, I think it's also just who, who you have behind you, and, you know, your, your team. Team makes a big difference at a race like this. I mean, I, did, I mean, from what you've heard so far, I've been through a hundred emotions. Yeah, it's yeah. a roller coaster, really. But yeah. I think that's with with ultras in general. You you're bound to find that. Yeah, you need the support structure. Yeah, and also like from what I've seen, it's you need something greater than yourself to keep you going. Yeah, that. and you know, people can find that power in whatever it is. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm the most religious person. I know a lot of people use God as their power. Um, yeah. I just use the fact that I'm an amputee doing some crazy race and I want to prove people wrong. 
think not r- a, not yeah. wrong. Not wrong. I, I want to prove people what's possible. Actually, yeah, yeah. I want to show them that 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 you know your life doesn't have to be over. Essentially, if this is the the the, the path that's come upon your way, yeah, exactly. Y- you can you can really make something amazing out of it. Yeah. Talk us so then and talk us through um, the the ending of UTD. Yeah. So got to 100 k's. Then from there, had my paces. Put my running leg on at 100 k's, and mates, I flew past <laughs> everyone. Like I was running like a five minutes a k. <laughs> I just felt super good. That's eh? incredible. I'd walked for 12 hours. Yeah. And I hadn't used my running leg, so this I put the spring on, and you know it just felt good. But this is where the real problem started because now I was feeling so good, and energy levels were high, legs were feeling fresh, um, but I had blisters. So this running just caused the bottom of my stump to just get absolutely destroyed, and. Got to the old, so quite a quite a while into the the second night at um, Old Duck, my girlfriend. <laughs> second night, yeah. yeah. When, when you <laughs> see that sun I disappearing know. for two Not nights again, you're still <laughs> running. Yeah, so I mean, like I said, I was feeling super fresh until that sun went down for the second time, <laughs> and this was at the Old Duck where my girlfriend jumped on to pace me. I don't know what happened, but literally, that, as soon as that sun went down, it literally sucked the life out of me. So I kept going, and I, I I remember walking, and I I I'd close my eyes and walk and it just was the best feeling ever and my girlfriend had to go use a bush so I turned my headlamp off I put my head on my paws and I fell asleep (laughs) and it it was like maybe a minute and it just felt so refreshing closing my eyes it was the best feeling ever and because now now you've been awake for how long uh or 10 36 hours (laughs) no so it was about 30 30 hours in (laughs) yeah and you was that your plan? You you weren't gonna take a race because I know that's also part of a racing plan for a hundred miler. Is what plan, bro? <laughs> <laughs> go go go! <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't have any plans for this race. I wasn't sure how far I was gonna get, so I actually never. I didn't want to set goals. Yeah. Um. Well, not goals. I didn't want to. You know, say at this time I'm gonna sleep. I was just taking it as I as as I could. Um. See how I feel along the way. Then we got to the Cobham Road Crossing, and that's where I did have a sleep. Uh, that's where everything changed for me. I took my liner off. So the first time I'd actually taken my leg and liner off for more than a couple of minutes to clean it and that. Had a 20-minute sleep there, and by this time I literally had a, a golf ball of a blister at the bottom of my stump. I woke up very surprised at how easily I woke up from that nap. Um, felt, felt like it was a well-worth nap, and I, and I was going to you know carry on. To, to Cobham and I tried to put my, my liner back on and it was just excruciating pain just because I'd been sleeping and my leg was kind of horizontal with my body the, you know the blood rushed down and the blister actually swelled up a bit and trying to get the liner over my leg it just squeezed yeah. the, the, the hell out of it and yeah it was just it was crazy and you know it, yeah the pain was just debilitating um, and I still had to put my leg on so I was sitting there how long did you have to go in the race? So this was at 142. <sighs> yeah, yeah. So this this is the point where I pulled out. Um, okay. So you were so close, sir. Bro, I oh know. Don't get me started. You were so close. I oh know. 18Ks. Flip. Next time. Next, no, definitely <laughs> next time. Yeah, but so yeah. what? I heard that the uh, paramedics or the medic teams uh, took a look at you and was that a rumor? Yeah, no, they did. So that, that's that's what happened. I tried to get my leg on, and it just wouldn't. I couldn't fit it on. There was just too much uh, liquid and fluid down. So I actually took my leg off again, and there was a paramedic there. And I said to, "How's about we pop this thing?" 
So she, uh, she got a sterilized needle and she, uh, she popped it and we drained it and she, uh, she was man. You know, the pressure it took off the bottom of my stump was amazing. But now if you think it's raw. Yeah, it's, it's so raw. It's just, oh. it's just raw, mate. Then like this whole pain of that I was experiencing completely changed to like this massive sting. Like if you know, if you get into a yeah. shower with a blister and that was every step I took. So I got my leg on, got up, and I took like two steps and there is a video on social media and I just, I saw it the other day again and it's like, I walk and I just go, fuck. <laughs> like, and all I was thinking was, how am I going to do this? Another 18 Ks like yeah, this. Yeah, and where each step was just crazy pain. So, you know, I went up the road, stopped. My mates, uh, my seconders brought a chair. I stopped, took my leg off, adjusted, got up again, again, you know, could hardly get my leg on, carried on, stopped sat on the chair, tried to adjust again. And but I did this about four times and I eventually just said to the guys, I was like, I don't think I can carry on. But I said, I don't know what to do because I wanted to. Like, yeah. you know, my, I was just, my brain was like, I'm getting to the finish line. And uh, they eventually went and called my girlfriend who had just done um, her bit of a section pacing me. And uh, she came there and I remember saying, I was like, babe, I, like, what do I do? I was like, I can't carry on. Like, not like this at least. Um, you know, and she's like, you know what to do. So I was like, but I can't, so I just can't do it. And eventually I said to her, I was like, so, so I mean, this is it. I just press stop on my, on my watch and that's my UTD 100 mile gone. And yeah, you know, that's that, at the end of the day, that is what happened. I, I sat there and I pressed the stop button, shed a few tears because, you know, I didn't want to stop, but I had to because of- I think it's just going to make your, your second round, you know, so much better. Yeah. Because you got to go back. Yeah, so actually- Spurge messaged me last week and he said entries are coming out on the third. Are you keen? So I said, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, so I'm back in. Yeah, yeah, I'm in for, for 2023. And UTD 2.0. And, and what have you learned from this experience that can change the way that you're going to tackle next year's UTD? Yeah, actually quite a bit. Eh? So it was, it was quite funny. So this, um, I don't know if you've heard of her name's NC Jackie on Instagram or something like that. Um, so she's a, an amputee. She ran 104 marathons consecutively Jeez. in 104 days what? as an amputee. <laughs> um, she just recently did that. She broke the world record. Wow. And uh, she, so I've been chatting to her quite a bit. She's actually previously from Pretoria. So, you know, we get along quite well. And she messaged me after seeing my blister and she's like, please tell me you didn't use Vaseline. So I messaged her back. I'm like, that's exactly what I used. So because Vaseline's petroleum based, your skin absorbs it and it makes that top layer soft. So yeah, uh, getting some squirrelers nut butter. Apparently, yes, that's, that's what I've read that um, is the one to use. Yeah, and then I was also reading up somewhere today. They they reckon and some people use antiperspirant on on this stump. Yeah, so Have you heard of that? Yeah, so I mean, I've got a quite a serious antiperspirant. It's made by Osa. I've actually spent how much I spent three thousand rand or something along there on Botox on my on my leg. Apparently, oh. Botox stops you from yes. sweating. Didn't yes. didn't stop me. <laughs> um, I still sweat a hell of a lot, so it was a little bit of a waste of money. But yeah, I'm using this um, antiperspirant spray now that that you know seems to be doing very well. Okay, so yeah. and now going forward from from this point, your immediate next goal is at Monty's. Yeah, when is that coming up, and so, how's that training going? So I'm actually an ambassador for for the Wild Trust and Wild okay. Series. Um, I, I approached them before everything and I said to them guys listen you know we're so aligned with everything we do I love being outdoors I love what you're doing for the environment would you mind I mean Golden Gates was my first trail run I ever did and I, that's where I fell in love with running would you mind if I kind of represented you as a brand and they were more than happy to help out 
so yeah, I'm doing I'm doing the um I've done three cranes doing Montes and Golden Gates this year. Montesauces I'm really keen for. There's no no pressure on me externally, but I actually want to give this one a good one. Honestly, you know, obviously my stump plays yeah. a huge role in how I feel on the day. So physically I'm feeling really good at the moment. But you know, if my stump lets me, I'm gonna give that one a good crack. I mean that's that is a beautiful one that you're going up to the top of together. Yeah. I mean that's climbing the chain ladder with a blade. <laughs> that's <laughs> gonna be fun. That's good. And uh, are you gonna go down back down the gorge or down the chain ladder again? No, I'm going down the gorge. Down the gorge. Yeah, yeah you're gonna rock up with that leg. Yeah, go check on Instagram. I've been practicing uh, my, my downwards. <laughs> <laughs> if someone wants to follow you on Instagram, is it uh, it's Turbo Trav? Yeah, just, just turbo underscore trap. Turbo underscore trap. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I recommend going to check it out. You're, yeah. you're going to see some incredible photos of this guy running down the hills yeah. at UTD. It looks like, I don't know how you managed to do that, man. It's honestly <laughs> so impressive yeah. like, to have that control and proprioception to be able to do that and then trying to do that at night time. Like it's, man. Yeah, a lot of practice, a lot of hard work. You know, this this the stuff doesn't just happen. A lot of yeah. courage, a lot of courage, or <laughs> <of> stupidity. <laughs> the, the, the prosthesis guys actually say when they cut when they because now it's myself and Schlinge and this Chris Hearn guy, like we're quite young and young amputees and doing crazy things. <laughs> they said, "Yo, when they cut your your three legs off, they obviously must have cut the the lift going to the top floor." <laughs> 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 There's something with you bloody amputees. Yeah, something just doesn't make yeah. quite a hundred percent sense. Um, and also just going back to to Monty's. If any of you are interested in entering, if you use TurboTrav as a reference on payment, you get 10%. Oh, there yeah, you that's go. Yeah, that's yeah. the value we like to add to these podcasts. Anybody who listens to that, yeah. I hope you hope you to see you at the start of Monty's. Yeah. When is it? September, hey? Yeah, yeah, it's quite soon. <sighs> Davey might not be walking by then. No, I won't be. <laughs> <laughs> so so if, if you run Comrades on the 28th of August, yes. I think it's the following weekend. Yeah, uh, I think what is it—the seventh of all, seventh uh, of September. We could we could handle that. Is it? Yeah, um, probably. Oh, you'd be you'd be definitely fit enough. <laughs> fit enough, yeah. But I don't know. I've seen you go up I'm and taking down a mountain. A, I'm taking a holiday. I reckon you'll stop at those chain ladders. Have you done the chain ladders before? Nope. 10th of September. 10th of September. Yeah. Okay, guys. So there you have it. 10th of September. Yeah. 10% off. 10 Turbo Trav. Yeah. You got it. So Trav, just to finish us off, rejuvenate SA. Yeah, where where is that going? How is that going? Uh, how can people support that cause? Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so Rejuvenate SA is actually you know it's picking up so much traction at the moment. It's, you know we're just really stoked to be in a position that we are in. Saying that we're not in a great position. Prosthetics cost a hell of a lot of money. My league costs one hundred fifty thousand rand. My running league costs another one hundred fifty thousand rand. <laughs> so 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 the sure. money that we are needing to to help others is you know it's a, it's a lot of money. Yeah, but you know we're doing the best with what we what we have uh we recently just had a, a golf day for a little girl her name's lily um she had her leg amputated at nine months super active girl you know got got a heart of gold and she's got one hell of an attitude on her and she is going to be something to 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 watch for out in the future so um, rejuvenate is basically you're trying to crowdfund or or just make amputees lives easier so are you choosing individual projects as you go along yeah, so at the moment it's individuals, um, just so we can get a story behind them and, and get get the name out there. Ideally, you know, we want to help anyone with, you know, with a disability, with mobility aids. Um, so wheelchairs, crutches, 
Moonboots, whatever it is that is going to aid these people with their disability, um, that's that's the focus and that's the goal. So it's rejuvenate.sa on Instagram. Yep. I'm giving it a follow right now. <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> yeah, boy. Brilliant. Trav, it's been it's been such an awesome pleasure to have you here and actually to get to, to meet you. Like Davey said, the, the first I ever heard of you was, <laughs> for me also, standing at, at the cozy hotel uh, at Sunny Pass. <laughs> and some guy doing whilst, it. <laughs> whilst everyone else was out on the mountain and I'm just looking at this TV and watching all the numbers go up and around. And yeah. I was told that there was this crazy guy doing it with one leg and I just, again, also couldn't, have, couldn't believe it. And... <laughs> It sounds like just listening to your story, it, it was a one hell of a, well, a couple of days that you will yeah. never forget, but have certainly shaped and molded you uh, for, for the future. Yeah. And uh, we, uh, I certainly can't wait to see where, where your journey takes you. And I hope to be able to line up with you one of these days. Probably well, there not you Monty's. Go. There you go. But, what a, what you know, a, maybe you TV. Throw your name what, in the gauntlet. What Come about, on. What about Ultra Trail Cape Town in, in November? I was thinking about you. The 100 mile. No, no, no. That's okay. a bit rough, eh? Yeah, yeah, that's a bit rough. Cape Town's a bit hectic. I, yeah. could, I could do it. I'd want to do it. Sea level though. We could do that. I'm, those I'm, mountains I'm doing shot. the 100K. You're doing the 100K? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I won't commit to it to <laughs> live on air yet. No, first 100 mile, it has to be UTD. I need to go, yeah, I need to go yes. claim, claim that one. Okay. Yeah. Well, Trav, okay. I mean, just from my side as well, I think um, listening to your story, I'm so excited to watch uh, where you go. Um, yeah, thanks, guys. You have, you have a really, really good attitude. Um, I think you're inspirational to so many people. I think this is only the beginning of your journey. I have no doubt that UTD better watch out. I think uh, we should contact Guinness World Book of Records because I'm sure you're doing something <laughs> that nobody else is doing here. But yeah. honestly, what an inspiration, man. Like, like you really, I mean, you, you know, we have it so easy and a lot of people have it really easy and, and our, our journeys are all different. Uh, my journey is different to your journey, but, you know, just, just looking at you sitting here next to me, you've just made the best out of your situation. And I think if we can all adapt, you know, that uh, mind frame and the positivity that you, that you have, I think this world would just be such a better place. So yeah. thank you for your time. I really, really have enjoyed it. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Um, uh, so there's 105 marathons in a row on the cards as well. Then, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, Brad, did you hear his story about the Lloyd? He can't, even do, a, done he can't yeah. even do a road marathon. <laughs> yeah. okay, well, stick, it to, stick it to stick trail, to stick trail. trail. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Once again, guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Making a Runner. If you enjoy this podcast, you can listen to it on Spotify, Apple Music. And don't forget to go give us a follow on Instagram at Making a Runner to follow the journey of our guests and our podcast and catch up on the latest news. Bye for now. Cheers, guys. This episode of Making a Runner was proudly brought to you by Cool Ideas. If you're tired of getting to run around with your current internet service provider and would like to feel valued as a customer, make sure to check them out on www.coolideas.co.za. This is the top tip I'll leave you with today.